Hello guys, welcome to today's episode of the podcast, hope you enjoy the conversation. So you want to get better at anything, you need a coach. A coach will objectively help you look for things that you need to improve on. Today I actually even partnered up with Vaughn and Bourne advice, coaching, and leadership training to help my listeners improve all facets of their life, which goes from things like leadership skills, to handling business, to working in teams. Now, I've personally worked with Gordon Newell before. He's the coach that runs the business, and he has a wealth of knowledge. Very credible individual, former military, ICF leadership training coach, and he knows what he's doing. So I've partnered up with them to help my listeners experience the same thing that I've been doing for quite a while. So all you got to do is enter the code word EARNIT, that's E-A-R-N-I-T, all, all lower caps, and get it on the website, www bondborn.com so once again this will help you secure one of those online sessions once again that's www.bondborn.com to help secure yourself in a free online workshop okay let's just be honest here for a second when you give out those physical business cards do they actually leave a lasting impression on the people you meet i say no and this is why i've paired up with ovu smart cards so what they do is that they change the game entirely it's a basically an electronic business card, you only need one, and it scans it onto the person's phone. It's a pretty cool thing, and it leaves a lasting impression. And with everything going on with all the craziness of COVID-19 and just the scare of transmitting any sort of disease, this is actually a pretty cool, word, cool way to share information. Uh, so right now, I've partnered with them to help my listeners earn a discount off the card. All you gotta do is go to ovu, that's ovou.com and enter the discount code Joe10, that's J-O-E-10. Once again, that's O-V-O-U.com. Enter the discount code Joe10 to get $10 off the card. All right, Iwana and Dennis, it's good to finally uh, meet the both of you. And Iwana, you know, I do want to say you do hold a special place in my heart for appearing so early in the development of my podcast. I think you were on episode three, so one of the first time, yeah. one of the first guests to really come on. And you've actually been a, like a favorite, a favorite, I guess, especially on speaking on things that are different from what most people would think of. Um, so I do want to say, you know, thank you for coming on again over Zoom. And thank you, Dennis, for joining us as well. Thank My you. pleasure. Thanks for having us. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and so you two lead something called the Butterfly 11 movement. And for those who don't know what it is, I, I want you to kind of just give like a high level explanation of what it is here and how people can join and what you guys exactly do. Ladies first. Bono, do you want to start? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Butterfly 11 uh, is a global movement that we started a year ago and uh, its, it's roots uh, stem from uh, our life not being the way we wanted it to be and us not feeling good about ourselves, feeling not good enough and uh, unhappy and basically our life sucked. So uh, we embarked on this journey of personal um, growth and both of us uh, ended up in the Academy of Modern Applied Psychology, uh, Dennis coming from being an entrepreneur and running his own business, uh, and uh, me being a corporate controller for 20 years, a CPA, and wanting something else than <laughs> going to work work every day and so uh, we studied uh, we studied for for months and months and months uh, with Academy of Modern Applied Psychology and Dennis was um, a workshop presenter there he presented like 70 uh, workshops for the Academy and then one day uh, a year ago we decided we're going to uh, uh, go with a big dream to create a global movement and we had zero members <laughs> So you imagine how we felt, but we had this burning desire and a vision to create a world where everybody is heard, loved, and accepted by empowering each other to be our true authentic selves. We felt that there is something within every person's heart 
that needs to express itself and if we express it, if we express it that we are becoming the person that's driven, you know, you must have met some people in life that are driven, that you see that, that, that there's, there's a fire, burning fire within them and we wanted just that and we called it Butterfly 11, 11 because there were 11 of us who started from the academy but it dwindled down to two because we are the only two crazy ones who can work seven days per week, <laughs> 80 <laughs> hours per week actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, and butterfly, because we we looked at this butterfly, the creature that is eating and eating and eating as a caterpillar and absorbing everything in life, just like us absorbing all those, you know, what the society tells us, what you know, parents, teachers, school is putting into our mind and then the caterpillar crawls into the cocoon and it's dark there and it liquefies its body to a soup. Nothing remains. And this is our crisis. I was depressed for years and Dennis was also depressed, both self-hating and that was like our cocoon. And we felt, we felt inside of this darkness that there is something out there but we didn't know what and how and eventually through our journey uh, of years of uh, 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 growth, we are now butterflies. And we thought that it would be so wonderful to bring it into the world, you know, right now that we know how to do it. We, uh, so that's how we created Butterfly 11. That was the beginning. That's, that's quite a story. So how did you and Dennis meet then? Did you just meet through the academy or...? Yeah, we met, we met at the academy at the, uh, the practice sessions. They had online live practice sessions for the coaching and the various modalities that they, that they teach. And we were just students and we were practicing together. And that's how we met. And then I became a workshop presenter, instructor, if you will. And, and we just kept meeting and, and we just, you know, became friends. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and actually the, the origin of, of the idea itself uh, goes back to July uh, when I was in a haze, I didn't know what to do, overwhelmed, lack of clarity. So I requested a, a hypnosis session. And in the hypnosis, what happens is you go, you, you, you are put in the state of an absolute focus, internal focus. This is what the hypnosis is all about. And during the hypnosis, all the critical, uh, it's called critical faculty, critical factor, is I can't. I shouldn't, I must, it is removed. So you become completely open and unlimited during the hypnosis. So I went through the hypnosis session and two days after the idea of the global movement got born and I announced it to everyone. So hypnosis, which we right now uh, offer to our clients, is we, we experienced the power, we went through so many hypnotic sessions with, with future pacing, with past regression that, uh, uh, that, that helped us to deal with the limitations of our mind that is always questioning, can I do it, should I do it, can I do it, should, should I do it, and you know in the past if you had several failures or if you were told that you you know you should have brought A instead of A minus, so you know you registered that you are not quite strong, that you are not quite powerful, that you are not quite good. Now you believe in it. So how can you overcome the limitation of your own mind if you believe in all these inner critics that are there? You believe in them. So then you're stuck and you are overwhelmed. And how can you escape? the prison of your own mind by yourself. It's like a Shoshank. It's just like a Shoshank. No difference. <laughs> It's crazy because like um, you brought using our past experiences to kind of dictate the actions that we do in the present. And uh, there was something that you mentioned right before the recording was a base was that like we don't ever live in the, in the moment or in the present because we either worry about the future or use our past experiences to determine what we would do in the future outcome based on what we've learned. Yeah. Um, and you guys have kind of developed almost like a t like a time traveling session for that, right? Yeah, it's a program. Uh, it's a time travel where we take our clients and we go on 
the journey after the intake, of course, uh, and we, we get to uh, to know the client and what are the limitations and why why is this overwhelm? Why is this lack of clarity? And then uh, in the, the 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 next day, we we we, we go on the time travel into the past so we put the, the client into a, a state of trance and you know uh, we can talk about hypnosis at another session because this is like a like a big uh, subject and it, the, the, the client goes back to the time in in their life when they were create creative when they wanted to draw on the walls, when they wanted to play into the night, when they were loud, when they were unlimited. And we get to meet this inner child and get this strength back. So that, that, that's the purpose, is this empowering from within, is the purpose of time travel into the past. And then, and then the client is, is really tired and has to digest this whole, you know, because it's like, like your subconscious, you know, it gets all like, like this, like agitated, right? Yeah. So it has to settle. All, all of this has to settle. And then a week after, we, we travel into the future, also through a trance, also unlimited uh, possibilities, and we get to explore three possibilities. So that, that, that gives the client an idea which directions they might go in their life because right now they have no idea and they, they're stuck. And then week after, we take a client into a journey into death. Okay. So the client uh, 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 right now is, a, is a one day after death. It doesn't exist anymore. And get, we get to uh, ask the client the questions, and the client, in the automatic, uh, automated, intuitive writing, is answering those questions from the position of the end of their life. So they can go back later, and they can live the life right now, so they have no regrets at the end. And so this combo of time travel into the, into the past, into the future, and into death, is so empowering and, and provides clarity. And we have uh, on our website, we have uh, video testimonials from, from people that actually embarked with us on the time travel. And, you know, the, the, the results were just phenomenal. And one person, she, she overcame, overcame a 50 plus uh, um, old uh, uh, phobia. She oh. had a phobia that was destroying her life. And, and with the, after the first travel into the past, she was able to erase it from, 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 her, from her mind. So that's what happens during the time travel. Interesting. Okay, so the one thing you brought up was, uh, was death. So I was wanted to ask you to this question. Do you guys ever think about your own death? Like, do you guys ever just think about death or just your own death? Yeah. I think about my death all the time, and uh, I'm I'm on a friendly terms with with this topic, because it, it's only uh, feared when uh, when we avoid it, when we don't understand it. And you know, I look back at at my life and uh, three emigrations from communist Poland, uh, adult children, you know, professional career, financial independence, living in Yeltown, downtown, two minutes walk from from the beach, and I'm checking off uh, uh, traveling, you know, Greece, Paris, uh, Munich, London, everywhere, checking it off, checking it off, checking it off, and I'm thinking, you know, if I was to meet death tomorrow. I think it would be okay because my bucket list is completely empty and I think that is what what gives me the authority to help others because I created the beautiful life uh, in all areas, professional, personal, uh, spiritual even, uh, that uh, it gives me, it gives me, I'm, I'm completely fulfilled. You know, there, there's nothing that I can think of that I could bring into my life to make it even better than it is right now. How about you, Dennis? How is your relationship with death? Yeah, well, for, for long, it, interestingly, for long, I, I was, uh, yeah, on bad terms uh, with, with death. Obviously, I, I feared it. But uh, when I really th think of it, I actually 
danced with uh, with uh, death all my life because when I was a, a toddler, I actually stopped breathing at a moment, and, and my mom had to, you know, she came in the room and I wasn't breathing, so she had to really uh, shake me up. So I actually had died for a few seconds. I don't know how long. Then when I was 15, I had a heart condition and I had to be operated in emergency. Uh, so, you know, I could have died within hours. Uh, last year, I went to Congo on a, uh, on a business trip and we were escorted by people who had Kalashnikovs in the cars. And we went into the jungle uh, where there were snakes and spiders and we had to, to sleep there. And uh, we could have died any, any time. And... I'm thinking, kind of similar to, to what Ivona says, uh, for me, it's more, it's less about what, what I've accomplished in terms of traveling and, 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 uh, and my surroundings. It's more about the fulfillment that I get. And, and somewhere I've, I've read a couple of years ago, if you had one person, you haven't lived in vain. And through Butterfly 11, we've had hundreds of people, literally. So... I haven't lived in vain. If I die tomorrow or tonight, it was worth it. And I'm totally fine. It's unavoidable anyway, right? Yes. One day we will be there. So it's more about, yeah, are you satisfied with your life, with what you've accomplished, however you measure the accomplishment, financial, you know, material, spiritual, whatever it is for you, if you're at peace with that, there's nothing to fear, really. Interesting. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, like, I don't really think about my death at all, to be honest. Like I know it's one of those things, like I know it's going to happen, but I just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because it's like, yeah, cause I see it as, as like a meat, like it's no matter what I'm going to do, I'm going to die. So, mm-hmm. and I, and I see a lot of this like attitude from a lot of younger people where they just don't think about their own death or like they don't think about their, their purpose in life until much later. Yeah. 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 That's being said that the wisdom is wasted on the youth uh, because we, w- we waste so much time. Uh, perhaps this is because we don't, we don't ever talk about death. This is not a, a favorite subject at the party. Uh, if, we t- if we talked about death, we, we would get this urgency, this hunger for life. You know, we would not be putting off and pro- procrastinating uh, living uh, for uh, for tomorrow. Even those expressions, killing time, you know, yeah. what is that? Killing time means killing life. So uh, having having this thought and, and having it front and center and very clear that we only have a one shot for life. Mm-hmm. This is not a dress rehearsal. And it can be over tomorrow. That would, uh, and you know, really, really, and they're, they're actually uh, in Buddhism, uh, there's a Buddhist meditation that you actually dwell on in the, in the meditative state and you visualize your, your body, you know, peeling off your bones and all of this. And they do it on the purpose so you, you can realize the impermanence of your life and the preciousness of this. So, you know, you, you just are. But you almost feel like you're vibrating at at, at at a certain level with 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 this energy of, of vitality because you know that this is so brief, you know, and it can be gone. So I I actually like to discuss death because it it energizes me. It's not it doesn't depress me. It energizes me actually. <laughs> That's a first. That's the first I've heard anyone say that. To be honest. Yeah, but it was it was really interesting when we when we uh, did the time travel with with clients, mm-hmm. and most of them, if not all, I can't recall all, maybe all of them said that the travel into the into death was actually, even though they were a bit apprehensive uh, in the beginning before we actually embarked, because they don't know what it is and death seems so scary, right? But once they go into it, they were at peace, even during the, the, the experience itself. And when they come out, they have this, we, we make them write down the answer. So they have a manual for life. Uh, and they, they feel so happy that they did it because now they know what's really, truly important for them. Yeah. What really matters in life. And 
and be, through the answers to the to the questions, and and it's obviously not the same for me and than for you or for Ivana, and they can live this life as Ivana says, it's vibrating, and that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and what's important is that those those answers come from them. They they don't come from other people. They don't come from somebody uh, guru wiser than them. They come from within their heart. So they're, they're, they're authentic, they, they, they're real, you know, they, they, they can identify with, with those answers. They, they are meaningful to them and only to them. And, you know, we are from early on, we are being conditioned constantly to follow someone, you know, from, from kindergarten to follow the teacher, to learn something from the book that somebody else wrote. We are not writing our own book. Our life is our book. We are not writing. We are always looking up, oh, somebody has the answers. So this is the difference uh, uh, between teaching and coaching. In teaching, you get information from outside with advice on how to function, and we need it. We need to learn how to uh, drive the car. We need to learn from someone. We need to learn how to read and write. We need to learn from someone. So this is very important. But what about learning from within, you know, from this, this wisdom that is encoded in our cells. You know, we have, we have so many trillions of cells with, with, with the wisdom encoded by the past generations that we are not tapping into because we were not conditioned that there is something within us that we can rely on. We, we are always, you know, taught that it's somebody else that can help us, that can save us, a guru, or, you know, a religion, or, or, or God, or, or something, and I'm not disputing this, but you can place the God on the sky in, in the cloud, or you can, uh, you can place it within yourself, and you can say, yes, the God, or the quantum field, or the, or the force, or the universal mind is everywhere. It's, it's, it's not, the, it's, there's no exclusion from where it is. And this is part of Eastern spirituality that is saying that, you know, this is within you too. So if you believe it's within you too, then you are as powerful a creator as the God that you believe exists outside of you. And when you feel this power, then you can bulldozer yourself through life into the direction you want to go and it's no problem it's all it's all this belief in self how grounded are you as a person how what do you feel you you look at the little baby and you look at the little baby I, i'm a mother so i know when you hold this baby day one 100 percent worthy 100 percent complete 100% lovable. There is nothing you can put into the baby to make it more. Nothing. But then, every day, you know, we get less and less and less and we shrink and shrink and shrink and now we're only that much. Mm -hmm. We're only that much worthy. And then everything else is the self-doubt, is, you know, the, the, you know, feeling of powerlessness, hopelessness, no, I can't, I shouldn't, I mustn't, I, I don't know how. I'm not good enough. <laughs> I'm not good enough, so now, now you move through life, but by birth, you are full, you know, so you erode it. So all, all, all it takes is not to bring something from outside. It makes, it, makes, it makes you to remember who you were and who you always will be, and you have it within you. It's, it's not outside. It's just to energize it and bring it forth. Yeah, it's actually interesting how you brought up brought this point where it's we're always looking for external answers from somebody else. Like we're yeah. always looking, you know, saying, okay, like, I don't know the answer. What do you think it is? Or, you know, you look for some qualified expert to say, okay, uh, like what does death mean to me? I don't know. I don't want to think about it. Why don't we ask this expert of what we think death is? Um, so I, I think this comes to leading up to the, just a lack of purpose in a lot of lives that, you know, we leave. I think, especially in me, when there's a lot of people coming out of university, they don't know what to do. So right now, and this is with everything going on with the pandemic and COVID, it was that we tied our pride and our identity to our job. And now because those jobs have been taken away to COVID, yeah, think like, okay, like what am I without this job? I've almost like lost like a sense of purpose to what it is. Because so I think it ties back to the point that you two were making about external things looking to validate ourselves. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I was wondering if you can, because both of you talked about living a life with purpose, but uh-huh. how can you, uh, like, how, where, where does one find a life for purpose? Because, like I said, we've tied ourselves to, like, our, like external labels, like our job title or being an entrepreneur or being a CEO of something. Yeah. Yeah. The first, the no, first step is really, oh, so, sorry, Yvonne, go on. No, no, go ahead. The fir- thank you. The first step is really finding out who you are. As, as you said, I'm not a CEO anymore. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not this. I'm not that. So who am I? Mm-hmm. Those actually are only layers. Like, imagine an onion yeah. and you just peel away the labor, those layers, right? I'm a CEO. Okay, I'll take it away. I'm an employee. Take it away. I'm a father. I'm a mother, I'm a, an employee, I'm a whatever, I'm, I'm a loving person. Even that, you need to, you know, to peel away. What happens on days when you're not loving, when you're angry? What happens? Who are you then? If you identify yourself as a loving person, who are you when you're not loving? Right? So it, it takes quite a bit of work to really get to the root and peel away. Oh, sorry, that's my cat. Oh, oh, what, type of, what type of cat is it? Oh, it's, it's just a, a tabby, you know, gray tabby cat. And, you know, uh, she's, she's my princess, 15 years old. And yeah, she knows that she's 100% worthy, lovable. So yes. She, yeah. So anyway, just get back to the topic. It takes a bit of work to really peel away all those layers and get to the bottom and take away everything you do. I'm, you know, I'm... I'm a, a, a golf player or whatever, or everything away. And what remains is the gem, that that gem, which is truly you. I can't tell you, uh, I know for myself, but I can tell you what, what you will find. The gem. Exactly. We <laughs> all cute. have that. We all have that within us. Yeah. It's always unique. Yeah it's, yeah. it's unique to everyone. So, and that's, that's the interesting thing. We, when you really get to the root of that, that's that's really the foundation. That's really yeah. the foundation. Right. Ivana, do you want to elaborate on that? Yes, you know, so to find the purpose, uh, so I would say that there, there are three steps to find the purpose. First, you need to answer the question, who am I? After those labels are peeled off, who am I on day one of my life? Who am I on the last day of my life? Who am I this particle that is unchangeable? Because uh, if you identify yourself with a label that is transitory and it's there no more, for example, I, I'm a wife and then my husband leaves me, I'm no longer a wife, identity crisis, problem, right? So that was you identify yourself with the transitory things. So you need to find something that is a rock, that is unchangeable throughout your life. So you, 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 to find the purpose, first of all, you identify who am I. That's a creator. Now you have a creator, well-defined. So this creator will, 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 will create a certain actions, right? If you have a creator a, a husband, he will create a certain actions. If you have a creator, you know, an employee, it will create a certain actions. But if you create yourself, your powerful self that is unlimited, then you can do anything. So the identity and, you know, we... Know working with with clients that every single problem on the face of the planet is identity problem. It's not knowing who I am. So that comes first. Wait, so can you repeat that one more time? So it's how, an identity problem. Yeah. Identity problem is the is not is is be identifying yourself with a label. You know, you know you identify yourself with the label of a man. So the this uh, this identity comes with description. A man should do this. And men should do this. Boys don't cry. Men up. So you have this label has lots of descriptions. And if you, for whatever reason, does not subscribe to this, that creates a conflict inside, a fracture. And that makes you feel unhappy. So, you know, the happiness starts always with defining and answering yourself in the most powerful and unlimited way, uh, who am I? That's the bottom line. Because this is who creates creates your life that's first step how tough is that journey though to like figure out who not you tough. are huh it's not tough not no. tough it, it, no no if you do it by yourself it, uh, it took me 55 years <laughs> but 
if uh, if you if you work with someone who who knows how to ask you those questions because it's it's you have to answer the question the, the the questions but you don't know what to ask for so the the well structured question will point you into the direction you provide the answers but you know you need to know what questions to ask that's why if you work with with someone he will ask you the questions and then you can go into the direction you need to go interesting yeah so yeah i think that's something that we missed upon is asking ourselves the important questions because we ask ourselves yeah. many many questions but some of those questions you know aren't really worded properly or some of those questions aren't really important to us so i think you i think that's a really good point that yeah, i think so. we'll ask is the important questions yeah and, so and keep asking sorry Dennis, what were you saying I was uh, I was just saying that, and you keep, you have to keep asking because sometimes we we ask some questions and then we don't go deep enough, and that's also the value of working with someone who will not let you off the hook, and who will know to ask yeah, yeah, yeah. okay but yes but and another question and another question and another question because you might not even be aware that you're not deep enough. It's interesting yeah. how like we have so many labels put on us, you know, like, oh, you brought up the thing about being a man and men don't cry. Um, yeah, because I feel like by the time we leave, you know, the household, like we just get influenced by the environment around us to the point where we've constructed this, you know, self-made, you know, image of ourselves. And we have all this doubt in our lives. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how much society would really mold us to kind of conform to what, you know, yeah. the common thing is, right? Well, when you're born, you are a clean slate and you're unlimited. And then depending on where you were born, uh, what, what, what kind of household, you know, which culture, which religion, then it, it, it's like a coding, like a programming being written inside of your, of, your, of your mind. So when you say, it is in my mind, it's actually not your mind. It's a mind that, was, that is a creation of someone else. And if you don't recognize that, that you identify yourself with your mind without ever running an update on it. So whatever they created in here might have worked for them, but it might not work for you anymore. That's why you go into a depression. Depression is an, is, 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 is an identity crisis. Somebody was molding you in a certain way. You don't feel like this anymore, so you go into a void. You go into a dark space and you don't know what's going on. And then they tell you, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a chemical imbalance. I'm not disputing that healthy diet is, has an impact on, on how we feel. Of course it does. But depression is, is a place like, like you are in a cocoon. where it's, it, it's a, And if people, because I went through a depression, so I know if people understood the, the function of a depression, they would not be... Fearing it, they would use this 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 time to actually journey within and 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 find out what it is that who that who it is that they want to be apart from what they were molded into. That's that's okay. That's interesting because I don't know if you guys can help me understand this because I think a lot of men also you know suffer from depression and a lot. I think more men commit suicide. Is there yes. anything you guys can kind of you know, talk about like, like why that's even the case to begin with? Well, can you talk as a man freely about how you feel? Can you talk, you know, or do you have to put up a, a, a facade of being a strong, you know, man? And so, you know, for a man, it's so much more difficult to express how they feel. And, and the feeling, your emotion is a vibration inside of your body and it keeps accumulating. So, you know, people are, even their body language, they slouch, they, they have pain in their shoulders, like a weight on their shoulders, they, they develop pain inside yeah. of their body, they, they capture this emotion because they're supposed to behave a certain, in a certain way. And I, and I know I know men, there are executives that are still think, feeling like an imposter inside. You know, and they they putting up a front, and you and then and then this person and you, we we know so many people that's super successful, and that they commit suicide. It was all a front to the world that was expecting them to behave a certain way, but and they and they felt that if they if they if they were to show their true self, they would not be accepted. So again, identity crisis. I'm not good enough. 
I have to be good enough. And this is a function of your survival brain. Because in the past, you know, thousands of years ago, you had to belong to a tribe in order to survive. At the, at the time, you know, in the caves, the number one cause of death was starvation. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you moved in the pack, in a tribe, so you, 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 you went to find food together and you survived. So if we have this encode that we have to belong. Because if we don't belong, that means death. So we want to belong at, at all costs. So that's why we allow ourselves to, to be not who we truly are. Because otherwise we'll be judged, we'll be excluded, means starvation. But no more. But our brain does not make differentiate between the real threat and the perceived threat. It's as, 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 as real as a jungle, a, a, a tiger in the jungle is, is this exclusion from, 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 from your tribe, from your colleagues at work, you know, mm. uh, wherever. So, you know, you're playing the game and then you become depressed and at some point it just becomes too much and then you just end your life because you couldn't play this game any, any longer and you didn't have anybody to admit who you truly are and how much you suffer inside because as a man you're not supposed to you got anything to add on onto that dennis well, no it's uh, yeah it's totally totally uh, what what ivana said and for men i can uh, i can just add that you know there's there's so much pressure on men men have to be the provider the strong one you just take take the example of an older man and a younger woman yeah Totally accepted, right? Yeah. Some even cheer, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he made it. He's got fortune. He can afford to have a younger uh, girlfriend and provide. Now turn it to the opposite. Mm -hmm. And in France, I live in France. We have a 40-year-old uh, president, and his wife is 60. And I can tell you all the comments that he got. Oh yeah. All the comments. Yeah, you know, he's he's a, a an escort boy, uh, whatever, and it means that he's not capable. That's how he's he's being viewed, because he needs to be, you know, uh, supported by his wife, which is totally not true. You know, he has had a career before on his own, but still, so many people, majority, view him, view this relationship as negative. Why? What's the difference, really? Right. There yeah, shouldn't that's weird. But there is one. And that's, that's all these, these expectations from society. And that's just one. There's so many others, right? And, and when, when you're, you're, you follow this, if he followed this, he wouldn't be happy in his marriage, the president. You know? and, and some people can't, are not maybe not, not strong enough or not grounded enough in their identity to support that pressure and to say, I don't care. If you know who you are, if you know you're totally 100% lovable, worthy, capable, you don't care. You don't care. And that's, that's the crisis for, for men. And women have their own, obviously, which are different, but not, not less uh, serious, obviously. Yeah. It's actually very true. And let's go back to talking about women, because like, um, especially with women, social, like, especially younger girls on social media, um, there's obviously like I've read there's a rising case in terms of like depression or just, you know, anxiety, especially when it comes to in the young age of social media with a lot of uh, teenagers. Cause I have, a, I have a teenage cousin and she, she, and the stuff they say on social media, especially when they're like 16, 17 is it's, it's nuts. Like the bullying doesn't stop when you go home. The bullying kind of continues until when you sleep until when you wake up again. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, what I've really learned is that like, it's, social media has almost become really toxic. I think it's really toxic now, especially with COVID-19 going on now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And bullying, bullying is also coming from the bully doesn't feel good enough, doesn't feel loved enough, lovable or something. So they need that. That's the, uh, the an un unconsciously they bully others so that they feel better. Okay, so let's talk. Let's talk about that. Like so the the whole bullying thing. Um, do you guys think that bullying is just a natural part of life, especially in a community like school? Like, do you think that'll ever go away, or is that just, just human nature to bully? I think as long as we don't teach our kids uh, to be good enough, the identity really, mm -hmm. it won't go away. Yeah, because it all comes from that. Yes, you know, you you you, t you take a. a 
you take a little little boy on the playground, uh, I, I had uh, I had I have a boy and a girl. So uh, I went to the playground, and you know my 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 son, you know, is, is a little one, like a three years old, and he falls down, he scrapes his he scrapes his knee, it's blood, he's scared, he's crying. So what what I do? I go to him, I I, I embrace him, I, I I kiss his you know owie. I say you know I'm all you know it must hurt. I validate him. I, I, I validate his pain, I validate his feelings. And then he grows up to believe that this world is a friendly place because when he cries that, you know, things get better. So, you know, when he was 20, he moved out <laughs> and he was ready to, to start his life. He, he, he was studying, he, he, he got a job, he had a, had a girlfriend, they had an apartment together, they got a dog. He is grounded with, within himself. Different scenario. You go to the playground with your three years old son. He falls, he scrapes his knee, and you send and you say, Boys don't cry. Man up. You know, why are you crying? This is nothing. Well, you know, you shouldn't be crying about that. You know, just, you know, you give him a message that when he needs support, there's nobody uh, coming. When he needs a mother or a father to help him, they are not there. This world is not friendly place. So I have to be guarded. I have to be always, you know. And then, so you 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 grow up. You 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 nurture this 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 fear within this insecurity within within uh, within a little boy. And then he goes and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. So he wants to assert himself that he is in this unfriendly world right now, he's stronger than others, right? So then he becomes becomes a bully. So he's a victim. A bully is as much a victim as a bullied, you know, and, and, and that's it it all goes back to, to the programming and you know from zero to five we know nothing. So whatever we are we are being taught by our parents, we take as a gospel and we, we absorb as our belief system. So whatever God put into our mind at that time is just there for life. And, you know, it takes many, many years, decades of, uh, for, for those people that are really in, interested in, in, a, in a personal uh, development uh, to, to overcome it. It's very, very hard because this, is, this, this was put into our mind at the, at the formative uh, time when we, when we were accepting and not questioning anything. So we accepted everything as ours. And this is here you are. You are the product of that. And what are you going to do with this? You got anything to add, Dennis, to that? Or? No, I think that's, that's perfectly perfect as it is. Yeah. Okay, because I want to play a bit of devil's advocate. Because some would say that bullying is almost essential to one's, basically to one's upbringing because it teaches them that not everyone is good and that you need to learn to stand up to yourself, whether it be you know, the use of self-defense or whether it be the use of any verbal tactics for you to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you kind of find like, like being bullied or bullies are almost like essential to growing up because it kind of teaches you all the negativities of the world or like that people aren't necessarily always good. But if you encounter someone who's not necessarily, you know, good or someone who does, you know, who picks on you that you need to learn to defend yourself. I would just ask uh, to those who, who say this, I would ask them whether they would be willing to go up to and say this to a parent whose child committed suicide yeah. because of bullying yeah. and just tell this to their eyes because yeah. it's one thing to have the stressor which would yeah. be the book but who's teaching the kid who's telling them okay you're being bullied now you're going to learn martial arts you're going to learn assertiveness you're going to learn whatever there's no one because most often the child doesn't tell the, the parents right so parents most often aren't even aware that their child is bullied until it's too late, until something happens, right? So honestly, I would dispute that. What do you think, Ivana? Yeah, well, well I think uh, uh, there's a difference between being aggressive to others to protect yourself and being grounded within yourself and having uh, boundaries. You have, you, you know, this, this is this is how I, uh, as a mother, I had very clear boundaries. 
Yeah. So again, I'll give you an example. I went out with my son to the playground in Yaletown when we moved in, and the, the, the school was just being built, and this playground was a very scary place for me because you have a this busy street, Pacific Street on one side, and you have a Drake Street on the other side, and no fence, no yeah. fence. And I have this little toddler running around and, you know, and, you know, being silly and, and then running and I can, I can move my, my face to the left and he's already over there. So what I've done, I had a conversation with him and I said, this is the boundaries mm -hmm. of, the, of this playground and you can do whatever you want within the boundaries, but if you cross the boundaries, we're going home. Uh, is it, you know, yeah, oh yeah. He crosses boundaries. No negotiation. I take him under my arm. We're going home. You know, I only did it once. Then the boundaries were always, um, you know, followed. So I didn't have to scream. I didn't have to be nasty towards him. I had a very clear boundaries. If I'm in a relationship and I don't like a certain behavior and, I, you know, somebody, I don't like, for example, somebody swearing at me, you know, I don't, I'm not partic particularly fond of swearing myself. Mm -hmm. So I can say, you know, uh, I, I'm having a really great time, but, you know, if you are going to be swearing, I'm just going to finish this conversation. Uh, and this is my, my, my boundary. And if this person swears, I say, yeah, I, I have to run. I'm busy, right? So if you have a clear boundaries, you mm -hmm. can protect yourself without aggression without being mean, without, you know, spanking children. It's just like so ridiculous to me, even the thought, because I was spanked. And I was spanked too. And then me this feeling <laughs> yeah. of uh, unworthiness. Oh my God, I hated it. I just so hated and hated my father for spanking me. Uh, and uh, how can you? Oh, okay, so a person who is doing spanking, if this person is really a person of integrity, should allow to be spanked by his boss or the policeman. Because, you know, if it goes one way, so I, I spank my child, children for misbehavior, then if I make an error in the workplace, I should put my butt, you know, and be ready for to be spanked by my boss. Walk the talk. <laughs> it can be that one way towards, yeah. you know, defenseless child, you know, and then, and then a different uh, rules, uh, set of rules for you. Walk the talk. And so... So then the person has no argument because obviously he, <laughs> people spank because they don't know uh, how powerful our brain is and how quickly it learns through consequences. Consequences. So the discipline can have two meanings. The discipline with a belt, which I experienced, or with yeah. the hands, that this bad meaning for discipline. The discipline through consequences. You do this, you know, you, we go to a party, birthday party, you know, you, you play with children and, and if you are being really mean or nasty, we're going home. And we're going home. If it's in, uh, after three minutes, we're going home and this is the end of the party. And this little child will learn that in life, he, there is consequences. If he, uh, you know, for example, wants to achieve in life financial independence, he has to do this the consequence will be financial uh, reward. So, so he learns for life that, you know, it's, it's, it's a consequence, not a punishment. You know, when you are an adult, who is going to punish you? There's, uh, your, your parent is no longer there to punish you. So you're here, they're uh, left to your own de devices. And if you learn with a little boy that, you know, through fear that, you know, you, you'll be punished, then, then you, you're stuck because, you know, you, you don't have it within you, you don't have the, the mechanism within you to, 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 to inspire you to do something because you know that there's a consequence to your behavior. That's actually really good. And the consequence to the behavior, because I'll just kind of give you a bit about myself. Like my brother was bullied because of the color of his skin for the longest time. And it was really, it was really bad to the point where he actually wanted to color his skin white because he was bullied for that very reason. So like I always, I I don't I don't I never like bullies growing up. But then my mom always taught me, you know, you have to learn how to fight, because essentially that that's pretty much like how I was taught to get rid of any type of bully was to fight. So this kind of made me go into martial arts for for a long time, get my black belt in Taekwondo, and now doing some MMA stuff. Yeah. So that was kind of the identity that I grew up with because that is what I've seen 
it was you know almost really bad bullying based on something that you couldn't even control um but then again the irony about that is that i also kind of became a bully because i learned how to fight too so i kind of just messed with people it was yeah. only until i got my i got beaten up by some other person who who knew more than me was i kind of just humbled myself as well so it's it's re- my thing is it's really easy to become what you hate if you don't if if you kind of get consumed with that same power that same identity that made that person a bully in the first place yeah yeah, yeah and then you become a part of this system then you know you, you have a bullies that are politicians yeah you, you have a bullies who are bosses and then on the global scale you you have a war because one country is bullying another country yeah so the yeah. question to us as as the intelligent human beings does it stop with me you know i know my past generations they all had this belief system and they had to be fighters they had to be warriors all die so thank you very much for this inheritance you know for for putting me here on this planet but i want a different planet i want a different world i want a world where there's a collaboration instead of you know fighting with each other when we can understand each other where there are no differences when there are no barriers so i am the, i have this identity and i want to create the world i want to live in that is that is different than in the past because for the past environment everything is a context de- de- dependent you know if you're living in afghanistan and you have to be aggressive to survive you have to be aggressive to survive but we're living in canada we we have the comfort to be whoever we want to be and we can create the life and the world the want we want to create it so we have this ability to recreate ourselves moment by moment day by day who you were yesterday doesn't have to be you tomorrow i always identified myself as a shy and introvert always so shy that in fact that i would never ask for a direction uh, of a person i would rather be lost so i i i i destroyed it uh, two years ago i went to toastmasters then i then i created my first meetup then uh, then this movement and and then showing myself up uh, for workshops having facebook lives having this interview that would be impossible five years ago impossible because that was my identity and if it's my identity my mind is locked in a place so my personality as an introvert lifelong introvert was just a label that i accepted and i put upon myself that can be peeled off and i can entertain different different uh, identity it's up to me and that that is so empowering that you know the personality tests or well, then you're slotted into a, a certain personality yeah if you want to be slotted in a certain personality go for it but if you want to be unlimited you can start exploring other things and see maybe you are actually going to like it and i like uh, you know talking with people right now i love it <laughs> yeah anything to add dennis um no, really. I, I I really think that, uh, as as Ivana said, that we 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 don't have this to be to be locked, yeah, into something. I always uh, was very shy, or thought thought so, until I became a, an interpreter, and and I was comfy in you know interpreting in in meetings between two people, fine. Until one day, my client says, "Yeah, we had this this meeting offsite, and I go there and." I found myself on a stage with 300 salespeople from the company oh. and, and I'm there and I have no choice and I have to, I have to because everybody's looking at me. So I had no choice and I did it and, and then I did it again and again and again. And a couple of years later, when I found myself in front of 15,000 people, no problem. So where's that uh, shy person who can't talk in public? It was a label. It was, you know, just a thought. So, yeah. And that's actually, I think that's a very cool skill to have is that you're able to kind of get rid of that label like that and almost become, you know, this person that can speak to 1,500 people. Because, I mean, like, like, public speaking is like, what, this most sca- the second scariest thing besides death? So yeah. the fact that you're able to kind of switch it off and get rid of it is, is, is 
it's a skill. It's, it's a very cool skill to have that I don't think that not many people, myself included, would have. It, well, it, yeah, it, you have it if you think you have it, or you don't have it if you don't if you believe you don't have it. It everything is is founded on your belief system. So if you make a statement, let's say if you make a limiting statement like you've like you've just done, uh, yeah. I don't think I can do it. I don't mm -hmm. think I can I can be a public speaker. That's your belief. What are you doing right now? You're sitting here. And there, there will be an audience of people listening to you. You're very comfortable talking with us. You have no problem. You know, you put your body in doing what you're doing right now. And there is, a, you know, thousand people in yeah. front of you. And you're doing exactly what you're doing right now. What's the difference? The difference is in the space between one year and another year. Yeah, <laughs> this the is not a skill. See, yeah. this is not a function of a skill. It's a function of your belief. That's the only thing, your belief. Function of belief. Yeah. It's crazy because like, like a lot of times, like I, I myself would associate a lot of things with belief or identity with things of skill. So to be able to put on a different mask when doing certain things. But you're saying it's almost like an identity thing, isn't it? At the end of the day, it come, comes down to something deeper than skill. Yeah, well, first you have to believe to really know, actually, mm -hmm. even more than believe, know that you can. You might not know how to do it, whatever you want to do at the moment, yeah. but you know you can learn it. Mm -hmm. And then comes the skill. Then I can learn the skill. I can learn the skill of public speaking. I can learn the skill of creating a podcast or whatever, right? But everything is, everything is learnable if that word even exists, but you can learn everything as long as you believe, as, as long as you know, you believe in yourself, as long as you know that you can learn it. So at the, at the bottom of everything else is the ability to believe. Right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, belief can move mountains and can make mountains up the, out of the molehills, as they say. And, you know, it's just a matter, okay, let's say you put yourself a year from now in front of the audience of 10,000 people. So Joe is standing in front of the audience of 10,000 people. Can you see it in your, in your, in your, in your mind? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So there are those people in front of you and you're talking about your favorite subject. What is it? What would be your favorite it'd subject? Be, it'd, it'd be fitness. Fitness. Okay. Yeah. So you, you t t talk to me about the fitness. Why, why is the, why, why are you passionate about it? Talk, talk, talk to me. It's because I always grew up with it. Like, especially when it comes into learning how to fight, fitness kind of came with it as well. So mm -hmm. it, for me, it created, you know, a self-defense, you know, ability to defend myself, created a community where I can, you know, learn, foster. And it also kept me, gave me some checks and balances where I don't become a bully or become the thing I hate. Because yeah. I was always taught that there's someone bigger than you who knows more than you that can always put you down in your place. So always be humble and always keep learning. Yeah. So the community, the exercise, feeling great, and having checks and balances of not becoming that same bully that bullied my brother. Great, great. So how long can you talk about this? How long can you talk and develop it into your story about how you were bullied and how you went through this process? How long can you talk about it? Probably four and a half hours, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can talk about it. Yeah. And and you, 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 you're there a year from now in front of, 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 of people and you're inspi inspiring people who are suffering in, in, inside from insecurity. Uh, do you think that you can do it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, well just, just a moment ago, you said, I don't think I can, I can talk in public. So which one is the, is the correct statement? If it was about fitness, then I think I could talk about it in public. Exactly. See, your belief can be collapsed like this. This. It didn't take us hours. It didn't take us months. Mm -hmm. It can be collapsed like this. And so you know, it's so you have a skill. You can talk in 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 public, no problem. Said so no problem. You can talk for hours. You have this. So it's not a function of skill. So now you know you you it's it's just disputing it. So as a coach, I constantly dispute with 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 with, with the client his belief until it's collapsed and no, yeah. no longer exists. So then you can go and you, you already have a proof that you can do it because you've done how many podcasts, right? 36, so 37 episodes? Exactly. Right. So you're, you're doing exactly what you're doing. 
it's just more people in front of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, the hour's almost done. We have two minutes left, or two wow. minutes to the hour. Yeah, it's pretty fast. Huh? Is there anything else you two want to talk about before we uh, end it off, or is there any topics you want, guys want to talk about? Ivana? Well, we would like to uh, invite you to uh, our uh, next topic <laughs> for another time, which is hypnosis. Hypnosis is all about uh, reprogramming of the mind, and uh, it is extremely effective. There are many misconceptions and fears about hypnosis. We would like to bring hypnosis closer to, to, to your viewers, and uh, we'd like to talk about our program um, uh, that we uh, would like to give to those young people in schools or in academia or even in corporations that would give them the skill to reformat their belief system so they are um, they have unshakable confidence in themselves so we just like to uh, talk uh, more about it and we'd like to invite anybody that wants to uh, learn more about us to join uh, our Facebook group Butterfly 11 Tribe and look up uh, us on um, our website butterfly11.com and yes you know just a message to you if you're listening you know you believed in Santa and most likely you don't believe in Santa anymore I would be really shocked if you if you did <laughs> And you might not believe in yourself. It's just exactly the same belief as a belief in Santa. It's a made-up story. And you can get rid of it in a very, very short period of time. You don't have to go for uh, years of counseling. You know, that's the difference between coaching and counseling. Counseling is looking at your past and going through your pain and investigating your pain. Coaching is putting you on the on the forward momentum into getting what you want in life. So for anybody that would uh, need uh, support uh, of a coach, uh, we'd love to help, Dennis and I. Uh, so contact us, and we'd love to put you on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Dennis, anything else you want to add to that? Or anything else you want to add? Yeah, just uh, look out for the next uh, episodes because, yeah, uh, we're going to explore the benefits of hypnosis uh, to, to when, when you really tap into the 90% of, of your mind. Instead of using only 10%, it's the 90% of the subconscious, which is your unlimited mind, and that's an amazing. We're so passionate about that, and, and that's also part of, well, yeah, the big program that, that uh, Ivona just mentioned. Yeah, just... Yeah, look out for it and maybe ask us questions in the comments. That would that would be yes. really interesting for us to to know what what people are looking for, what people want to know, uh, because that also uh, informs us on how we can best serve you guys. So and thank you for having us, Joe. No worries. Alrighty, you know, thank you too for joining me so much. Um, like I said, it's always been a pleasure talking to you both, especially uh, I want to you know I do like I said want to give you a special thank you for appearing on the first couple episodes because it is hard to get traction when you're starting off. So yeah. I do yeah, want to say that. thank you so much. Well, good luck with your podcast, and we we are looking forward to watching you grow and uh, and being guests on your podcast. Alright, talk to you guys soon. Okay. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Alrighty, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you really gained some insight on life, give it some love. Like, comment, share, do what you can. Love you guys, and see you in the next episode.